the ball don't lie right here on 104. Now I'm the horn. It is a 512 Friday. That's my man Patrick, the idealionaire. He takes jams from local bands and artists uh, who are very talented human beings who you have a chance to see live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Carrie Hudson and Good Company. They are playing Saturday at Saxon Pub. Uh, I know exactly what that is. Uh, all right. Since Patrick is a lot cooler than Harge and I and knows about some of these uh, these these new terms, new terminology that's being used on social media to describe some of the uh, the behavior on social media. So apparently LeBron James, uh, shout out to my man CB, who hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776, and told us uh, after we played the audio of Vic Lombardi and Michael Malone, the Denver Nuggets head coach, taking a little shot at King James and the Lakers, that King James did have a retort um, via social media, on the gram, as young people say, uh, to Michael Malone. You had a term you used to describe uh, exactly how LeBron used uh, social media and how he retorted to those statements. What did you call it, Patrick? Vague booking. It's, uh, it's, it started on Facebook, but basically on Facebook, you know when someone posts something and they're like, and they're like, you know, you you thought you think you have real friends until somebody shows up and then you don't have no friends at all. And you're like, who are you talking about? <laughs> Clearly it's somebody. <laughs> Clearly something happened, but you won't post that, but you're gonna post yeah. that and so, so you're not specific it, enough. Yeah, just, so you, for yeah. for us onlookers, and you're like, you're vague booking because you want attention, but you don't want to give out specifics. And this seemed like that where he's like, I hear you talking about me. And you're like, yeah, yeah uh, what, was it Michael Malone? Or are we all just supposed to guess, is it somebody else? Why don't you just say, hey, guys, I get it. You beat us. Good series. Uh, we'll come back and play next year. Yeah, because I, I, and we'll read the statement here. To, to Patrick's point, though, I guess they leave it vague so that if they're ever called out, they could always say, I never mentioned anybody specifically. Yeah. Is that, it's, it's almost a coward's yes. way of posting. It's yes, like, it is. Ding, ding. <laughs> like, yeah. On Twitter, they call it subtweeting. Thank you, Texter. Yes. yes. Well, yeah, they, man, come on. Be specific. I agree. You don't want to call anybody, but at least give us more context clues so that we can definitely know, oh, he's responding to Michael Malone's trash talk. Yeah. And it, it, here, it's so very vague. To Patrick, here's how vague it is. He says, quote, this is his Instagram post. Uh, in Europe for the last for the last past few weeks, minding my business, and I hear I'm on your mind. That much, huh? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I mean, I guess I see why emoji uh, with shrugging shoulders, but wave the flag on these lames, uh, double <laughs> exclamation mark. Please make being player cool again because the lame machine is at an all-time high. Enjoy your light, but just know I'm the sun. I stay on forever, exclamation point. Uh, a winking eyes emoji, salute emoji, <laughs> praying hands emoji, king crown emoji. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of emojis on there. When, you, was, re, when you read it out loud, it sounds silly. Rod, that Rod, was outstanding. That was the best, Rod. Round of applause, that was, Rod. That, that, was, was that was outstanding. I was reading it Because you want people presented. to understand that there are emojis involved. There are. I mean, the yeah. emojis, that's part of what makes yeah. the statement. You, you want to make sure that people know this is a grown man <laughs> posting like he is a 13-year-old. Pretty much. Yes. Uh, let's get rid of these lames. <laughs> is that a phrase? Is that yeah. something? No, I love it. Okay, now, this is the best line. 
please make being player cool again because <laughs> the lame machine is that an all time high? The lame machine? Come what? On, uh, Are you George Costanza with the jerk store? <laughs> <laughs> jerk store is the line. He's talking to his wife. He's like, no, uh, babe. Lame machine is the line. Lame machine. Everybody's going to love it. It's uh, awesome. I feel lame like, machine? I feel like this is in his like group text. They use these terms. And then he tried to throw them out. And was like, oh, no, 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 no. I forgot I wasn't talking to my wow. crew. Wow. That's, yeah. And listen, I, I, I always say this about LeBron. He's the greatest unintentional villain in the history of sports. He's like the Forrest Gump of villainy. Like, he has no idea he stumbles upon it. He has, I don't think he knows that this this post is just, it's a, it's a lame machine post. Yeah. Right, all you got to do is post a 2020 ring and go, yeah, we're even. Oh, that's the, there you go. Remember that's when I knocked you out of the playoffs and won a ring in 2020? Yeah. Remember that, that? That's how you troll. That's yes. how you troll. We, you, yeah. We're even now. How about that? You, you're not one up on me. We're even. You used to take a troll class, and that was that would be less than number one. It's like, no, dude, less is more when you're trolling. Yeah, less all you is do more. Is posting, go these, even. These are way too many words to troll somebody. Uh, dude, I don't commission. even know how to do emojis like that. I can tell you for a fact, if you were like winky eye me, I'd be like, this is going to take me half an hour. I'm going to have to consult somebody. I'm going to have to Google how to emoji everything. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I I've mean, never been to my life needed to do it. I feel if I did that, someone would be like, well, Patrick's dead and someone's got his phone. <laughs> Patrick can now. He's never using many emojis. Look at that. There's five emojis in one text. Oh, man. He did a lot of emojis, though. A lot of emojis a there for the A lot of emojis. All right. There you go. I, you know what? I like it, though. The N- the NBA, I always say, they, they do have a very salacious element to the NBA. So even when it's not actual games going on, which Patrick hates, he wants actual basketball, yeah. we can still be entertained by stories like this. Because the NBA is full of these types of stories. Uh, and you know, the NBA is a petty league. And I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of for it. Yeah. When golf got petty, we loved it. When women's yeah. basketball, college women, women's basketball got petty, we loved it. We like petty. We just don't want it to be the only reason that your product is interesting and entertaining. But if it's added as one of the the, the ingredients, oh, give it to us all yep. day, every day. Petty. Be yep. petty. So I think, you know, it's good. It's one of the ingredients. But it's damn, it, it's, it's, it's. No doubt that the Denver Nuggets are trying to somehow, you know, create some type of rivalry between the Lakers and the Nuggets. And who knows? How mad are how mad are the Clippers right now? Like we can't even be Lakers rival. No, we spent so much money. You got somebody else to beat you to get to that point. Oh yeah, the Clippers. Yeah, that is. Yeah, but now the Sacramento Kings are coming up in that state. So yeah. the, the Clippers are even more irrelevant than they were before. Yeah, that's it's terrible. And they still got two stars, and they still can't stay relevant with the two stars because no, they they, won't they can't stay healthy. They can't stay on the court. Oh, they got three. They got Westbrook. <laughs> right. Right. He's, no, but he's staying I swear, out I, the no, way. That was not me laughing sarcastically. I forgot. Yeah, that's, that's me forgetting. I forgot Westbrook is considered one of those stars too. Uh, okay, but let's he's see. staying out of the way though. Westbrook is. Yeah, you he have, actually yeah, he's he staying been. out of the way. Honestly, he was out of the way of the the Lakers. He wasn't forcing the issue with the Lakers. No, I don't oh, think so. Really? It was just a, it was, no. Wait, wait, wait. When he said I can't play because my back hurts because I'm not used to sitting in the fourth quarter, that that's not pushing the issue. Well, it, come on, well, wait, this I'm dude, saying, he, this he, dude whined and moaned the entire time that he was not the star player on the Lakers, and then he went to the Clippers and loved it because no one else was there because they're all hurt. 
So he got to do everything again. All right, he didn't whine as much. I no, say. and then he played with Bones Highland, who made him look like the greatest passer in the history of time because Bones Highland do not pass the ball, hence why the Nuggets traded him. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Okay, well, is it fair to say he he wasn't he wasn't whining as much? It wasn't. Like, I, I think it's fair to say it was a bet, He's a much better fit on the Clippers and the Lakers. He's just a yes. better yes. fit. Yes. The culture of yes. it, everything. Yes. He Agreed. was a much better fit there. And that's probably why he's happier. Yes. Uh, okay. Can we get to this win? Win? It sound about win? Binyama. Okay. So Patrick, I want to ask you about this. So the report is that he's. Not going to play in the summer league, and you're not shocked or surprised. By no, I, I I'd hope that he would end up there and be on the bench and be part of some of the meetings and be part of some of the practices and stuff like that. Uh, but I wouldn't expect him to play. I, I would have been really surprised if he played at all, just because he just finished his French league, and you kind of want to give him a little bit of rest and a little bit of you know brain clarity before he jumps right back into a different league. Yes, to- totally. So, so totally I get agree. that where you and especially when you see guys like uh Luka Doncic and you just see how worn out he gets by the end of the year, you know that's going to be a problem uh for anyone when you go to a, a heavier schedule. Mm-hmm. So I get why you're like, "Hey man, let's not try and wear him out during summer league. Let's try and get him and acclimate him in smoothly. Let's not put him to where they're going to give him 20 million questions and Let's not let him have a game where you know he shoots poorly in a game, and now he's the biggest bust confidence before yeah. game one. Yep. So I get all that. I would like to see him out there at a point, though, to just start working with the young guys and start kind of building that camaraderie with some of those younger guys. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not shocked that he's not because I think they want to the in, injury the injury risk. Even though injuries are not necessarily a part of the his you know reputation or stigma right. just yet. With a big man though, that's always a conversation. It's like, yeah. hey man, how can we avoid any risk and, or and, lower the in, the rate of injury or risk? And, and I mean, in all reality, th- this is not a foregone conclusion that he won't play at all either. Because it could be that he is a type of guy that comes over and when the Spurs draft him, he says, I want to do this. I want to go play. And he could have that. I have no idea if that's the case or not. But, you know, we've seen guys like that before. And in a league where it is very star driven and you're in a small market, you don't want to start off your relationship by telling him no immediately. Mm, So you may go, yeah, we'll put you in, but we're not we can't play a ton of minutes. We got to put you in the right places. So it could change. Uh, I'm sure there's levels of communication they can have. Now and then the changes once they once they draft him, where I'm sure there's some rules to it where they can't just be like, yeah, you're part of our, you're mm-hmm. you're in all of, we've already got your locker. Yeah, you kind of got to fake it a yeah. little bit before the draft just because they don't want that happening. It's the Spurs way, kind of you earn yeah. it the whole yeah. way the whole time. Uh, speaking of man, oh, please, on. okay. What you got to say about yeah, Women Yama's going straight to San Antonio. Ain't no working it out. Ain't none of that other stuff. He's going straight there. No, he is. <laughs> there is after the no draft. doubt. After the draft. He's going to be in San Antonio at the watch party. Talking about <laughs> here we go. Yeah, he'll he'll be be in Chicago. We're going to be in Chicago. The, the, the private plane for the Spurs. Is all yeah. It will be there gassed up, ready. He'll go oh, straight no, no. to the draft. His, his, his clothes will already be shipped. To yeah. San Antonio. Don't get me wrong. They probably With already the got. First they probably already bought him a place room. in San Antonio. They yeah, probably yeah, already yeah. looking at oh, spots yeah. in San Antonio. If oh, not, yeah. All, right? Yeah, I'm sure that's already happening. Otherwise, somebody for the Spurs is doing that for him yeah, already. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that'll be. And, and uh, so, so we have this sound. I think this is Jonathan Giovanni. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. yes. Okay. So he claims. I want to get Patrick's thoughts about this. That when Benyama, because when Benyama, some people said he struggled a little bit. Uh, in the uh, was the French league playoffs? They had like the playoffs, yeah, for that the French league that he's playing in. And some were saying that oh, he did not dominate. 
um, in that in those playoffs in the postseason. Uh, I talked to Patrick about it actually, and you were like, "Man, he's being doubled and triple teamed, and yep. he's the, you know they're they're doing their best Fouled to stop him. every second, and he's got a target on his back. So everybody who thinks they're a star, they want some of Wendy. Yeah, so when you want to be in a highlight. Yeah, exactly. Guess who, <laughs> guess who they're filming and all the cameras are on every time. You want to be in a highlight, you do it at him. No, yeah. I get it. It's a smart move. Yeah, you want the scouts looking at you, get around Wimby. Um, here is Jonathan Giovanni uh, claiming that when Wimby comes to the NBA, it may not be as tough a transition. It actually may be an easier transition than the league that he's playing in now. Let's hear this. Rookie. Jonathan, you know him as well, if not better than anybody uh, reporting in America. What do you think? Is that realistic for him? I couldn't agree more with Perk. The NBA is going to be easier for him than it is right now in France. People wow. that are watching this game that's going on today, they are holding him. They're grabbing him. Every time he crosses the lane, bam, they're smacking him. And referees in the NBA don't allow the level of physicality that they allow in Europe. The spacing is going to be so much better. He's going to be stepping into wide open threes. Uh, he's not going to be get, getting double and triple team the way he has all season long. So I think the, the adversity that he's been facing this year, the way the contact that he's dealing with you know, from grown men that every game want to just go at his throat, it's going to really benefit him next season in San Antonio. Now you guys watch a lot of NBA. Agree or disagree with that assessment? That it'll be easier for Wimby in the NBA as opposed to that French league he's playing in now, or the European leagues that he's played in. I, I've heard that numerous times really? from multiple hmm. people. It's okay. easier to play in the NBA because the rules are so different, okay. and the physicality they 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 play physical brand of basketball. That's why when Luka Doncic comes over, he's playing in the over in that league at 15 years old. He's a pro over there, and then he comes into the NBA and he takes it by storm. That's because he's been playing against grown men since he was 15 years old. Mm. And the people don't the people in the NBA are are don't exert themselves. We're talking about load management in the <laughs> NBA. Oh yeah. Over right. there you you playing cuz that's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You play so, put, put food on the exactly, table. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's points of it that are true. They go, yeah, it will be less physical when he's on the perimeter. When he gets in the post, it'll be just as fit. There'll be as a lot more physicality because people will know that's a way to defend him. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and especially if you get, he'll be taller than everybody. And in the NBA, if a six eight guy guards a seven five guy, they're gonna let you get away with a lot. And that's just how they call the game normally. So I think there is gonna be points where it's there are points that he made were, that were correct. And then it's also, yeah, he's also playing against, defensively, it's a gigantic step for him to, uh, to try and guard guys in the NBA. Mm. The coaching level in the NBA is light years ahead of the league he was in. So mm. the game planning and, you know, the conditioning and everything else is at another level than what he was playing in. So that's another step that's going to be harder for him to adjust to. There's going to be a lot of steps where he's going to have to make the adjustments to, okay, this is how we play in the league. He's now playing with the best player he's ever played with, in his, like his, his teammates. So sharing the ball correctly, mm-hmm. having guys where, you know, knowing where your guys are going to be and, and who can hit threes and scouting reports on everybody is a lot different than when you're playing in a league where you can pretty much dominate them because you're the best player in the league. Yeah. And then they triple team you and they, they every single time you basically have a guy on you, you have a guy standing by the rim to make sure if you tr- get away from the first, and then you have another guy that's coming off of the defender near you to help out. It, it, it makes it really hard. I get double and triple teams. I get why are, he was struggling are, yeah. <laughs> at the point. And he was getting beat up anytime he tried to go into the paint. They were bumping him a ton. But that's also going to happen in the NBA if you were, if you get to that level of dominating, now can you get to the level that Jokic got to, where it didn't matter? Yeah, you're that good. 
Yeah. Or or do you get? Or, but that takes time. I mean, how many years did it take Jokic to get to? Now we went to Giannis, a Giannis, and we yeah. can talk about Luka Doncic. Man, he dominates. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs. So yeah. there's a level of dominating, and then there's winning. Mm-hmm. And they are two different things at different points in time. And Jokic is doing both. Jokic just did both. Yes, Jokic <laughs> yeah. did both. Dominated so, one. Yeah. So that's where I say there, there's a, a lot of steps to what Wimby has to get through to go to where he wants to be and where the Spurs want him to be and where the league wants him to be. Uh, I, I think there was some good points, but I think that was also a very one-sided take of the league I watch is better. I think that was <laughs> – like I, he kind of pointed out yeah. all the negative things about the NBA and none of the positives – of like, no, no, you're going to be playing. Like, you're going to have to run the court faster than you've ever had to run the court. You're going to have. There's just going to be a lot of other challenges. Yes. So if you look at it, as, oh, this will be easier. It's the wrong way to look at it, as opposed to these are the challenges that you have to overcome. Yeah, it's like yeah. one aspect may be a easier transition. Doesn't make it easier. Yes, but right. it's going to be tough no matter what, yeah. just because you're playing at the most e- the highest levels. And, and the, the minute you levels. think, hey man, we're not going to get bumped around, but you're going to get. Like, oh, it, you, it, you, look at look at any NBA center's yeah. body after a game. Oh, you'll be baptized in the NBA. You I mean, they're yeah. they're cutting you. They're trying to pinch you. They're trying to do whatever they can to get in your brain. Yeah, you're a skinny dude. You're gonna elbow and then small the back. That's gonna yeah, hit you. Yeah, we gonna, we're gonna be. Yeah, I mean, that's just. That's man, just, why'd you go to the back, Joe? Exactly. Well, yeah, I know so how that hurts. Anybody that small in the back, like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. For a big dude like that, oh, you elbow right there in the kidneys. Just, uh, yep. Uh, right there. Keep hitting them. <laughs> exactly. Keep hitting them. Uh, all right. So, just to, uh, you know what? I got a question for you guys. You know what I'm asking now, and then we can carry over the conversation to next segment. I want to get back to the CJ Stroud DAC comparison, and we can table that for next segment. Here's a question because we were just talking about the NBA and how the Denver Nuggets, uh, they won their first championship as a franchise, what, in 46 years or whatever it was? 47. In the last 10 years, we've seen the NBA have three first-time champions. I've seen the Cavs and the Raptors, mm-hmm. Nuggets, really cool. Uh, the NHL's had three first-time champions in the last 10 years. Capitals, Blues, Knights, really cool. Uh, Major League Baseball, two. Astros, Goostros, Nationals, mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, NFL's had two. You had the Seahawks and the Eagles, all right, that's pretty cool. Uh, and college baseball, uh, you had Virginia and Baylor. Even college baseball getting into that, too. Mm-hmm. College football's had zero in the last 10 years, first-time champions. Here's my question, because I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, man, who is going to break that streak in college football? Who's going to be the next first-time champion? Here's the question. What program is it? What program becomes a first-time champion in college football? Who is it? Who's the next first-time champion in college football? Or do we just continue to go on where the Blue Bloods just run this whole damn thing? Georgia's, Bama's, Texas, Ohio State's, just Florida's. Keep doing what they're doing. USC over and over again. We keep reliving that. But it is nice to have some fresh blood. Who is most likely to be that new fresh blood to get their first title in college football? I, you know I mean, what my wait, no, no, wait, I will say, TCU does not have one, right? Yeah. So they, they were in the game last year. They were a game away from it last year. Yeah, right? I gotta go look at their their see if they had one way back in the day. You know, but like yeah, they, so that was I, there. Know. There was a game. There was a team in the game last year. Yeah. So there, there is. It's yeah. You're right. You still there's hope. So there's hope. There's hope. But but they also got destroyed they, in that they got game. Molly whopped in that. So were they close? <laughs> they were, no, they were, were they technically close? They were closer away. than most people ever thought they were going to yeah, be. That's true. So I, I don't know. That's that's oh, that's a really good question though. That's kind of the question I want to put out there for folks. Oh, sure, they have they claim national titles. That's the other part. They claim college, national titles in 1935, 1938. 
that's the other problem is college football goes back so and far, yeah, and, and they just made up, and so like everyone has a everybody title. made up a title for yeah, themselves. Like, they were we like, "Hey, we we went undefeated. <laughs> like, who did you play?" And they were like, "Oh, we just played scrimmages the whole year, <laughs> but we won them all." So <laughs> that's a good point. Though. They just gave themselves titles back. They did. Yeah, the title that happened. And you're right. Uh, so TCU, they would claim 35 and 38. Who did you? Who who did you? Who do you think? It is. You, you said know, you. You, you said okay, you have somebody. Yeah, because I'm just trying. Because first of all, you got to do the research on who doesn't yeah. have a title anywhere, yeah. and that's tough too. And it, like like Patrick says, hell, man, you go back to the 30s and the 40s. Everybody's. You have multiple teams in multiple conferences, just giving themselves yeah. championships. Like, yeah. yeah, we won. It's like how that's do you just give yourself a title? Exactly. That's the haggies. They got so, them on the wall. You know, obviously there is that you know conversation. But if I had to throw some schools out there that I think had a shot, you know what, right now, for me, mm-hmm. Oregon seems to be a school that keeps coming. I know they're in the Pac-12. I get it. But Oregon's got a sugar daddy, right? They got a mystique. They got a brand you can recruit to. Mm-hmm. No, but there's no talent in Oregon. People are actually they're recruiting people from Texas, from right. California, from Florida to that brand. Now, they got to go to the Big Ten first, I do believe. I just don't think there'll be enough respect for any Pac-12 team other than USC coming out of there that'll, you know what I mean, get yep. enough uh, street cred to win a title and get in the college football playoff. Maybe, maybe the expanded playoff, they'll get there and they can make a run. But it's an interesting question. Like, who is the team you think is going to be the next team in college football to be a first-time national champion? Someone said yeah. undefeated 2017 Central Florida. had Yeah, they claimed one. They were like, yeah, we want it. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, so I was like, it's interesting. I, I mean, I'm probably going to go down a rabbit hole about it maybe this weekend. But I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and I was, and they, they, they actually brought up an interesting point. Is. They said uh, North Carolina in football would be one of theirs because you got Michael Jordan and you got the Jordan brand. North Carolina's a re- even in basketball yeah. would help support the football. Mac Brown's there. Mac Brown, hell, Mac Brown's a big reason why North Carolina football is now not on the map, but they're competitive. Uh, they, they, they're going to have a first round quarterback, and we know they've always had a ton of talent. At North Carolina, Mac Brown mm-hmm. can recruit his tail yeah. off. That may be one to throw out there too. Yeah, I That's like that. I like that one. Uh, yeah, it, it's. I think too. To be fair in this question, if you go rabbit hole, you gotta put it like a date to call off. You June. do like nineteen fifty or yes. something like that, where you go look. Before this, or it's like it's just AP titles or something like that. Good point. Because there's so many made up titles in there. It is like TCU to go. Yeah, 1934. We're like, no, you weren't. You weren't. (laughs) How many 19? Didn't KD used to have the record of? He did. Yeah, Yeah. like so. KD kept up with. He probably probably can answer this question. He probably could. But (laughs) I'm saying, I think he might have texted us already. (laughs) But if yeah, if you go 1934, you'd be like, well, there was 14 national championships in 1934. That's true. So you know, are they even real? Which ones are real? The Aggies claim one from what the 40s or something yeah I was like, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm like the 50s around the 50s is the right. cutoff time we should make a modern era like basically yeah. like 55 and up or 60 and that's the cutoff and yeah if you ain't you ain't won one since then then that's the modern era you know what we'll have some thoughts i'll do some research and then next week we'll bring this back up again but just food for thought throw it out yeah. there uh because yeah i guess if that's the case then we can put the aggies in there yeah. If we put it at 50 or yeah. 55 because the Aggie stuff was in 40. I love my man, uh, softball Ricky. used to always say, Ricky uh, Bredis, who uh, obviously take care of Bevo. He used to always say, the Aggies, the, uh, the last time they won a national championship, people thought Hitler was still a good guy. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a great line. It's that is true. He won like he was Time Magazine Man of the Year around that time. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh Sorry, Agnes. It's going to be good to bring back the Magic. It was Jets. a minute. <laughs> it been a long uh, time. It, it was a, a minute. Uh, okay. Uh, so we've got an Aggie joke on the text line already. It doesn't even take long. All right, we come back. We will uh, give <laughs> us a baseball conversation. We'll uh, revisit that C.J. Stroud, Dak Prescott comparison. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine horn. Don't lie right here on 1049 the horn. 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when the idillionaire Patrick Davis takes jams from very talented human beings that you have a chance to catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is the Reverend Few, and they are playing Saturday at Skylark Lounge. Oh yeah. You can always look cool in front of all your friends if you listen to 512 Friday, and then Patrick will give you all of the other uh, great bands, all the great locations, and then you can sound like you know what you're talking about when your friends are like, I want something to do tonight. It's boring. We should go out. And you'd be like, I know exactly where to go. We can go see this really cool up-and-coming band called whatever. And then we plan it here. And they'll be like, man, that guy's really cool. And all your friends start texting you and asking you where are the best spots to go. And then you won't even feel stupid because all you got to do is listen to 512 Friday and you can give them all the spots to go every week. There you go. I think I think you just named another band, too. We're going to see what? whatever. It's South by Southwest 2024. <laughs> You're right. What's we your band name? Uh, whatever. We probably could do a guess that uh, guess that band name and see if it's an eff- see if it's real fact or, or fake. fiction. Yeah, yeah. fact or fiction. Oh, band any name. South by any South by. You right, could do we that, can do yeah. that. We probably have a good time. I think me and Craig used to play that back in the day. Uh, okay, about our question that we threw out there: uh, What team? What uh, foot, college football program is most likely to be the next first time? Uh, college football national champion for that for their program because um, it hasn't happened in a long time. Definitely not in the last ten years. Seeing a lot of the same old blue bloods uh, that are recycled champions over and over again. Uh, well. Because we saw it in NBA, Denver Nuggets, first time uh, they won an NBA championship. Took them 46 years to do it, 47 years to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the teams that uh, you guys on the Specs text line came up with, uh, multiple texters said Baylor. And I, the reason I don't think that's crazy is because Baylor has been able to reinvent themselves successfully within their football program after scandals multiple times. And that's tough to do. Yeah, it is. That's really tough to do. Yeah, it is. Um, and their athletic department has been able to survive that. And they hire good coaches. They've hired. Now, I'm not saying they're good people, but they've hired good coaches <laughs> who have been good football coaches. So I can see them having a hell of a year every now and then. And they put a lot of money uh, behind their program. Uh, also, uh, my man uh, Patrick brought up K-State. I like that one, too. K-State every now and then, they got enough talent to make a run. And that's one of the steadiest college football programs in the country. I also think Chris Kleiman is a hell of a coach. They always hire well, too. And, and I like what you brought up in there, the expanded playoff. That's one where it's like, hey man, all you got to do is get in get the in. door when they expand it out, and then mm-hmm. maybe you get you get that run. It's about matchups after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, maybe match you up well. that run. Yeah, man. No, it, the playoffs gonna be make things really interesting. The playoffs actually may change this conversation we're having right now. It definitely will change the conversation because yeah. there's gonna be more people that are involved that never would have been had the opportunity exactly. to win it. Even the guys from the group of five, exactly. The G five people. The G five people um, are gonna have a chance. Uh, Patrick Bottle, Wisconsin, also another good college football program mm-hmm. that I think could be in that conversation. As well as a, the next first time champion. Texter also brings up Utah here. 
another texter puts uh, number 13 brought up Oregon. And I like that, actually, because I love that Oregon pick, too. Um, mm-hmm. I said Oregon as well. So anyway, that's just a rabbit hole conversation. We'll come back to that a little bit uh, later on. All right. Don't forget In- South Carolina either. Yes, South Carolina. You brought up South Carolina, Horace. This mm-hmm. is a, another good one, too, um, that could end up. I brought up North Carolina, too. Yeah. Like all the Carolinas. The Carolinas. <laughs> they haven't done anything. Somebody just said Utah as well. Utah's a good one. Cause I think the closest that they were were with Urban Meyer and Alex Smith. And I believe that team, remember that, man, who did they beat in the bowl game? Was it? They beat them bad, too. I think yeah. it was Florida, actually. It was Florida. I think it was, it was Florida. No, it was Florida. Yeah. You're right, because he ended up going to Florida. Because he ended up going yeah, yeah, to Florida. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was, yeah. no, you're right. It's a good point. Uh, okay, uh, just real quick, because I know we're up against it. I just want to uh, mention this story about C.J. Stroud being uh, compared to Dak Prescott. So Noah Brown uh, was with the Cowboys, now with the Texans as a wide receiver. And he reportedly uh, sees comparisons between C.J. Stroud and Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. his former quarterback. I believe these are not physical comparisons. I believe he's talking about the intrinsic, the immeasurables. I think he's talking about things that are really tough to quantify. And I've said this about ethic. Yes. I've said this about Dak tons of times that that his elite quality, obviously, your quarterback needs an X man ability, something they do as well, if not better than everybody else. What separates them? What separates Dak, I truly believe, is his the intangibles, his leadership skill. Um, Being a natural leader doesn't come natural to everybody. And quarterback is a natural leadership position. Look at Quinn Ewers. He wasn't a natural leader, but you are thrust into that position to be a vocal leader as a quarterback. I think Dak, it comes really natural to him. I remember, I love the video when he was, I don't know if he was a rookie, it was like his third, second or third year, where he throw, he drinks a Gatorade, uh, drinks uh, some Gatorade from a Gatorade cup, one of those little uh, plastic cups or whatever, he balls it up, throws it toward the garbage can, and he misses. Middle of the game, and he sees that he misses, and instead of just leaving it there and going back to talk to his coach, make adjustments, whatever, talking to his teammates, he goes in the middle of the game, picks up the paper cup that was on the ground, throws mm-hmm. it in the trash. And some people are like, that doesn't mean a damn thing. Actually, it does. Remember my man Richard Hightower saying that Rojo did the same thing in a special teams meeting when he first got to the Chicago Bears? Yep. That a special teams meeting, everybody leaves the room, but everybody leaves their water bottles and their trash everywhere because they're just going to the next meeting. Can't be late. I don't give a damn about who's cleaning this up. I'm not thinking about that kind of stuff. And Rojo stayed behind. Picked up all the trash, threw it into the trash, and Richard Hightower says he's just a guy. He believes things need to be done a certain way, mm-hmm. and the way that he believes things should be done is the right way. That's it. Things need to be done a certain way, and they need to be done the right way. That's Rojo's one of those guys. Dak's one of those guys. And I'm not mad at it. I want one. I want those guys leading my yes, team. Yes, that's how they should be. So I don't know if Dak has an elite skill or trait physically. I don't even think he does that he does better than every other quarterback in the league. Big arm, nope. mob- mobility, accuracy, all that. But I know leadership is half the damn job, and Dak is one of the great leaders in the NFL. And multiple people have said that. This is not a one person making that comparison. Multiple players have said that about Dak when they've talked to talked about him. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I'm happy if C.J. Stroud is getting that kind of comparison. That yeah, makes me feel I good. mean, especially if, you're, if you are a Texans fan – I know you. I know everybody got jokes, and they want to be talking about Dak and his interceptions. I don't know if that's a good thing. If you don't have good leadership, because the people that you thought were leading your pro, your uh, team in the right way, you got rid of them. And that's Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. You looked at what happened with. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. For some reason, they didn't like the way D Hop was running the program. Now you have somebody that is truly built different than others, 
and trying to get people to fall in love with your team again, you need a quarterback that is stable, that is going to lead, that is going to put your team in the right direction. You need a guy like Dak Prescott, a.k.a. C.J. Stroud. I, I'm with you. I know. I'm actually happy about that comparison. Some people are like, that's a silly comparison. I'm like, I don't think it's physical. I think exactly. he's talking about the, the immeasurables. Hey, and when you talk about one thing the Texans <laughs> sorely lack for many years now, it is culture, it is leadership. Yep. You had D'Amico Ryans, who is a great track record of it, mm-hmm. and now C.J. Stroud. You are fixing a major, major problem that this franchise has had for many years. And to add to that point, Patrick, Will Anderson also is in that vein because people, yep. they, yes. they they have glowing they compliments and raving about how much of a leader he is and how mature he is. Uh, and he was a, you know, from being a Saban guy, he was one of the guys that went above and beyond and learned really how that Saban culture was proliferating. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to bring some of that. And by the way, they like a saving culture. They like that Alabama culture there. Yep. They got a lot of Alabama guys, including D'Amico Ryan's, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll wrap it up. Put it in the oven. There is a special birthday that I did not bring up that must be addressed. Mm. We'll discuss it before we get out of here. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Nine Horn. Pop a top again. Do you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... Again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Real quick while we got some time, uh, shout out to all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day this weekend. Please enjoy it. Yep, yes. Also, happy birthday to Tupac, the late, great Tupac. Yep. And also, another birthday today, A.C. Cowlings, for those who don't remember, the man who drove the white Bronco for O.J. Simpson. You know who I am? So, exactly. Celebrate his birthday. You know who I am. I'm A.C. 76 years old. This is the lesson I learned from A.C. Cowlings. Guys, in your life, ask yourself this one question. Who in your life will drive the white Bronco for you? No questions asked. And when you find that person, don't ever let them out of your life. Hopefully, you marry that person. My wife is not that person. I was going to say, she was on you me are in a solo dolo. <laughs> yeah. I'll be driving my own white Bronco. My wife be like, he crazy. He on the way. And matter of fact, I didn't already put a tracker in there. I know where he at. <laughs> Don't get yet. him. All right, what's on top of you, Art? Hey, man, I'm going to dinner. I got a good weekend. We got basketball in town, so we're going to be chilling. And Father's Day on Friday. Ooh, happy Father's Day, I mean, Art. Happy Father's Day, Thank brother. You, brother. you deserve it. Appreciate Patrick, it. you going on vacation, brother? Hey, man, I hope Enjoy, you have fun next man, week because we I know I will. Enjoy Enjoy, yourself, man. You really brother. deserve it, brother. You deserve it. We're going to miss you. Sure. Uh, we also want to miss you all over the weekend, but please enjoy yourselves and have a great Father's Day weekend. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.